Welcome to Pangstars. Today we have Dan Udi. He was born in London on the 29th of August, making him a Virgo. Let's introduce our host. She's a meditation teacher, sound healer, and Asian Spice Girl, Shao <laughs> Pang. Oh my goodness. I, I thought that I would dress kind of like a Spice Girl today in honor of having two Brits across the table for me in the studio. What do I have? I have like a... What color would you guys say this is? This, this like baby Lilac, spice type dress? Lavender. I colors. Lavender. Are you colorblind? When it, well, I just don't know blues from purples. It's like a lilac, it's lavender. A, it's a pastel. Yeah. Pastel, if we're being pastel. English. People color shame me a lot for not knowing really? like, what the colors are. I'm like, oh, like nice purple. They're like, actually, it's blue. <laughs> like, fuck you. Oh like, my goodness. Sorry. It's like, oh, actually, it's magenta. Actually, it's more of an okra. Well, it's more of an Eve Klein blue. So whatever. I'm sorry that you're not cultured and don't like art. I'm just kidding. But Sorry anyway. you don't have a BFA. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sorry I didn't go art to fucking shaming. goldsmiths and do art activism. <laughs> well, I've got my hair in the little buns. I'm feeling like baby spice. You look like someone who I like to catch a predator. You look like you're just oh. like, oh, shit. <laughs> damn like i'm like yeah like, like a 23 could play 17 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like hey. I, I always think she'd make a good assassin like if she was trying to crack the the pedophile rings which we talk about a lot on this show i, I talk about a lot <laughs> this crazy yeah you do show. talk about it a lot i feel like it's important like it's awareness <laughs> i mean yeah it's a comedy astrology podcast yes it's the number one comedy astrology number podcast one. in the city hey. but really we're trying to crack pizzagate that's what <laughs> i'm real but but actually uh I think that Lewis, it's not me, it's really Lewis that would be the, the prime the instigator. twink bait for oh, oh, yeah. the Epstein Island. Like, I, I think we're talking... Lewis Mould, pure twink. <laughs> yeah, certified. Like, this is basically hey. like a window to me at 15 when I still had hair. <laughs> Hot, I'm into it. Um, yeah, so I am stoked that we have a Virgo. We have completed the fucking Zodiac. Mm, mm. Sick with Dan. But, but. We have a Virgo. I, you know what? Mm. I actually do. You know that much about all this shit? Okay, so I know nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing, uh, because I come from a very, very evangelical family where this, is this so stuff is like the we'll devil. get you demon possessed. Oh, so like I grew up in full '90s satanic panic, Damn. where like the mere mention of like I wasn't allowed yeah. to do martial arts <laughs> when I got like. When I got my nose pierced when I was like yeah. at art school, uh, I was told by my mom that it would get me demon possessed because Hindus nose. get their nose pierced. Oh, shit. Um, so if they knew I was doing this right now, they would probably try and stage an exorcism. Really? Like they yeah. would do an exorcism? I mean, like when I say exorcism, I don't mean okay. like no one's going to pin me down and like shove a cross like down my throat, but like they would pray. They would pray? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is, this is devil stuff. Did they try to make you pray the gay away? Uh, or did you try to yes, bring the gay away yeah, because I, you were growing up in that environment? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I I have what I describe as a don't ask, don't tell policy with my family. Interesting. In that I am out on the internet. Yeah. But, like, two of them follow me on Instagram. I have, I have four two. siblings, two parents. So, like, yeah. two of them follow me on Instagram. Right. And, like, I do my comedy stuff on there. And yeah, my yeah. comedy is just, like, gay shit, basically. Yes, fuck yeah. Um, and so, if like my parents would see that then yeah. like yeah but i'm just not sure. going to talk to them about Understand. it because it's not it's one of those things that just like wouldn't go well yeah. um but also it's not really something that i like that keeps me awake at of night because i think it's been i've been out for like 10 years and i've known for like however long yeah, yeah like yeah. and you kind of it, it's it sounds very dramatic when you tell people for the first time but like it, it is what it is and also like comedy stuff just kind of yeah. helps to process of a lot course. of this yeah and and like i think it's interesting that you came from like an evangelical background I have been involved like as I mentioned to 
people on air or just people that I meet I'm like I kind of dip into various subcultures every couple of years it just it just happens yeah. so here I am in comedy I don't know I don't know a thing about it I'm just meeting people like we're just like having a conversation which yeah. is super cool like it is truly where astrology and comedy collide because I don't know anything I'm not a professional astrologer and I have comedians who I may or may not have seen like you know, yeah. you know some things you kind of yeah. kind of pulling a little bit of like a Ditsy decoy. Oh, I don't yeah. know anything. Oh my goodness. I, I I'm so dumb. <laughs> like I see crystals, I see tarot, I see a book. You know yeah. more about it than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I find it interesting because like we had Mandy Goodhandy on the show and we were talking about her experience. She's like, yeah. I've been every letter in LGBTQ. Yeah. Right. And like imagining like what it was like then. Like I also have friends that like have like maybe they have are they are questioning their identity in terms of like transitioning and mm-hmm. that kind of thing and i also like because i was involved in a like in a hipster millennial very marketed australian church like uh like oh, you, Pentecostal. You, went to, you went to hillsong it wasn't Hillsong. I have been to Hillsong, but I've been to another one that's yeah. big in the city. Like I've been to Hillsong NYC. I've seen kind of how they do stuff because like like my brother and I had some friends that were kind of like involved in it at the time. Like they would go. Yeah. And I was just like, what is this? Also, like there was a hot evangelical man in my life. So I was curious. And oh. as a writer, I was curious. Everything comes from the Bible. Yeah. English lit major, everything. So I'm like, what is this shit about? Let me see like what the deal is. And extrapolating further from that like i have friends who of course like their families have been torn apart because of organized religion and christianity specifically so i totally understand like your position like where you are with that is like well i don't give a shit they might like my parents or like they might but it's like whatever like i'll just like be like neutral i'll be like i'll be like that because i'm myself and you're okay with that yeah i like i um i don't want to shit on what other people like choose for themselves but yeah uh, i do I do understand how people, especially people who were like brought up in it, um, wouldn't really have much of a reason to ever kind of leave that. Yeah. Um, look, my reason was just the obvious one. Yes. Like, uh, I think the church's kind of public stance on gay stuff has yes. like kind of changed over a couple yes, of years. But sure. in my opinion, that's all PR. Yeah. And I know exactly kind of what yeah. they say behind closed doors. And, yes. that, and that for me was just like yeah. the big thing. And yeah. when I was a teen, I was so into this. Like I was at Christian camp yeah. every year. I got wow. baptized when I was 16. Yes. Me yes. and my friends thought we could pray in tongues. We were yeah. like trying to heal yep. each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. and all of my siblings are still in this. They've all yes. been off at Bible school. Yeah. Like they've married kind of missionaries. Wow. They do the yeah. thing where they kind of go to Africa and take yes. pictures with black children. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's like to them I just kind of it's like I sort of understand they of wouldn't have any reason to ever get out of it and also it's like the prospect of a life outside of that yes. is kind of terrifying it's like the mob isn't it or yeah like it's, it's like orthodox the mob it's like Jews, a cult same thing like orthodox Jews who leave like they are like it's hard yeah it's hard I understand and that. also if I think if you're if you're brought up in in kind of like a sort mm. of catastrophic um with a catastrophic idea of what the rest of the world is that anything yep. will let you kind sure. of wind up in hell yeah. then it'll be super scary to like yeah. to not have that yes and yeah like i it's interesting for me the longer i've been outside of it mm-hmm. um the more the more i kind of feel like i i understand like how these things work and yeah. how people basically people at any kind of vulnerable point in their life yes like yeah. could very easily get like sucked into it in the yep. same way that you would pick up like you would mad- massively get into exercise Absolutely. or you like do something else yeah. like you you turn up and suddenly people are like we want to be your best friends yes and, or, and or pick up been... a, or what? pick up a girls who run away from home and uh get them into traffic impoverished girls take them back to your island need... yeah so we circled back to pedophiles <laughs> as we always do yeah. everything is everything but <sighs> I, I totally understand what you mean too because like I did not grow up with any kind of religious background like oh maybe my grandmother after she had a stroke maybe became a Christian but it's all kind of like oh maybe I was there once or twice but no one was ever like hardcore religious mm-hmm. in my family but then this hot evangelical dude and then my dad passed away like a year and a half ago so like that was also something and I totally like you know people are so amazing people are so loving they're so kind they're gonna get you food you get fed and then people are just very genuine in a in a way that kind of breaks down barriers especially in a very lonely city like toronto where like you may not know anyone a lot of people like maybe you just moved here you don't know people so that's a great community and absolutely there is a form of emotional healing that can take place when when you kind of get into that community 
the vibes energetically are so positive there's it's it's a very healing kind of space or a place for me like growing up in a repressed like first generation daughter of immigrants background like you know i was not really in touch with my feelings for like many decades of my life and and like i really didn't have a way to process understand or work through them or discharge them and it's true and like of course i had like issues with my late father as we all do with our parents and like going to church was certainly there was a piece of emotional healing that was very beautiful like the message of hope can be very beautiful but then ultimately like seeing how like my some of my friends like like queer friends have been like torn apart from their families and it's like that's your son that's your daughter don't you love your child just because of like something that a book said like it's a very hard thing for me to accept that an organized religion would tear families apart so like ultimately like you like that's kind of my decision although absolutely I respect anyone who has a choice to walk in a certain path and like if that's for you like for sure but I know underlying that I know people that have been harmed or like hurt and like have are suffering or have suffered because of it so like that's why it's like okay like I respect where everyone is but like for me there's other things that I can like you know get involved in or like I don't know if it's like moving on from but like yeah that's kind of my stance on it it's it's quite funny for me because I I've recently kind of realized that there are actually like a lot of comics who I listen to on mm-hmm. podcasts or mm-hmm. whose stand-up sets I watch who all have had kind of some experience with organized religion okay um in the past that then has kind of like led them to doing what they do like there's 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 I don't know if it's a bad protocol to plug another podcast but there's one called no, good Christian good. fun which is uh, good based, Christian fun yeah based out of okay. uh LA and it's two improvisers that basically each episode is a deep cut into some weird artifact of Christian pop culture. So oh. like Christian <laughs> pop music or like yeah. like a particular kind of singer-songwriter or something. All this okay. weird shit that like only certain people who grew up in that would like fully understand. Right. And there are so many people that go on that who the, mm-hmm. to, be, to be kind of a guest in it, you either have to be sort of like still religious or like had a history with it in the past oh, or some sort of personal experience. So many of them, their reason for cutting out of the church was just something to do with with sexuality okay not even when they were gay it's just like they if for some reason i think it's like it's the one issue where the church's kind of stance on it just i don't know it yeah It's, it's 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 very confusing and strange but it's it's it it's the thing it's the one flashpoint where they can't really explain it Uh like like they can't officially change their tune so anytime they organize like organized churches try and kind of wangle their way around the gay question it's never satisfying to hear the answer it's never satisfying so it's love the sin not the sinner or like we don't mind what people do or like we like god loves all sinners murderers and thieves it's like i'm not a murderer i don't kill anyone we're all broken it's like no i'm not broken yeah (laughs) like like, all that like like and i know so much all of those like all of those like language touch points like doing life together like you know all of that stuff like so it's very interesting to me but um let's look at the pod i mean let's look at the chart (laughs) the chart the the pod the anything um tell me about myself (laughs) that was a really somber intro to a comedy podcast as well let's start with your trauma it's all about you but i find it so fascinating i find that fascinating because i was when i first started this podcast with lewis i was like well i'm like are there any like still christian comedians that like will talk about it like and i actually haven't seen your set dad i'm sure i will soon enough but like you know what i mean like we're like a muslim comedian like talking about like like that fascinates me like Mm -hmm. that kind of intersection like how do you like make a joke about that or like and where someone's stance on it like i don't know if you have any material around that yourself yeah i i do i um it was like some of the first stuff i wrote because i think i think Mm -hmm. i think when any and whenever anyone starts you kind of start with like oh i'm i just write about me write about myself (laughs) so everyone's like this is and also a lot of people get into stand-up as a form of therapy because they can't afford a therapist they're like start (laughs) with my trauma um and terrible so, idea yeah I hate, I hate when people think that comedy is therapy oh, it's oh like... god yeah and like i i can i can completely understand the impulse yeah. to like yeah. want to share with people yes but like i i personally myself have been trying to figure out the fine line between like make it funny yeah like how yeah. to make how to make it funny and how to yes. not make people physically uncomfortable okay. i really love your joke which does make some people physically uncomfortable about working at the is it the aids non-profit and yeah. it's like no one's tracking the sick days. <laughs> my punchline. And I remember, <laughs> I remember you did it at the that like Dundas festival thing, which is like it was like they shut off Dundas, and it's like 
um, just crowds of people around. Hot summer day. It was too hot that day. It was, was yeah, it was too. very hot. It was, it was, it was good. I yeah, it a lot. that one is, <laughs> that one actually like tends to work. That one tends to work most of the time. Um, I find actually that like the, the most difficult material to really make land yeah. is kind of dark jokes, but dark jokes that are, are personally about you. Because mm. I've, I've seen some people try and deal with really kind of clearly traumatic material. Yeah. And I think the reason that people don't laugh is because they're concerned for you. And you're, when you're trying to get people to laugh, you're trying to like instigate a, an automatic response yes. that people don't have any control over. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if there's anything standing in the way of that, like them feeling uncomfortable or them feeling Compassion, sorry for you. Compassion and sympathy. Yeah, any yeah, of if any absolutely. of that can get in the way. Like I've I've done some material um for for queer shows yeah. and shows that are like predominantly queer people and women. Yeah. And people are. I've spoken to other comics about it. People are often too nice to laugh at kind of dark okay, self-deprecating things because they're really supportive rooms. And yes. so you have to learn like, and I'm That's figuring out what is or is not appropriate. Uh-huh. And I have some jokes that like, I have one that I really really love. Uh, which goes into my own history mm-hmm. of sexual assault. Yeah. And I start talking about um, how it's hard being a gay man in the era of Me Too because you kind of don't know where you stand because on one side you're part of the problem, but on the other, like, I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. And the joke is that I want to get involved and be like, all men are assholes, but my rapist was super hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. and like, and totally. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I, I, I love it because that's hilarious. I, I think that no joke should really be off limits. Just it's yeah, really no. hard to do some topics yeah. well, and yeah. I, and I see that's so amazing. many douchebag male comics yes. make rape jokes about raping people. Yeah, and I see Ew. some female comics telling yeah. amazing jokes about their own experience yes. of being assaulted. And I was like, yeah. I've never seen a dude talk about that. Yeah, because mm. there aren't that many gay comics okay um yeah. and then i've never seen any of them address it and it, but it's also like i i love the joke um and the bit carries on a little bit but it's it's really hard to read the room because sometimes mm-hmm. people hear the r word and they shut off right yeah. be- because either it like they have their own experience yes you're right yeah. so you have to figure out yeah. how to get around that yeah. or people see that you're a dude like, on stage saying the uh, r word oh like people just like oh like they recoil yeah they think you're about to do one of those jokes yeah, one of the jokes about raping people. I love right. that, like that, like tension in in the room, where it's like a very like tense yeah. topic. Yeah, and when the jokes when up. the jokes good as well, and the room's really uncomfortable. <laughs> fucking love that shit. Yeah, I love that so much. I remember, I think it was like it was like me and uh, Jordan uh, Policicchio, just like because it kind of like that joke about the the AIDS thing was like it 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 was like good I don't think it landed properly with the audience that was just finding a place to sit yeah it's people but like me and me and Jordan just looked in and just started like creasing because all that's such a funny joke and like such like a uh such a tense one yeah but he's like a psychopath as well really? so he, he loves that sort of shit <laughs> he's, he's got a darkness too he might be good to have on actually I reckon right, he'd be, a, he'd be an interesting one yeah I'll I f- DM I f- him I find the um the the moment where people are like really on edge and they don't know if you're about to say something terrible. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working on kind of shrinking down that moment. So it's not too long because if you leave people in that limbo for too long, then, then the release isn't as sudden Mm -hmm. and you're not going to get them. They're just going to, they're just like, they'll breathe a sigh of relief instead of laughing. Like if you go on for like a minute where they think you're going to make a racist joke or Mm. they think you're going to make a rape joke. Mm -hmm. And then you said something that, that isn't, where they might not laugh they'll just be like okay whereas if you do it in the space of like five seconds yeah. you might get a quick response Timing. um but yeah i i, I think uh, uh lewis you can probably kind of speak to this as well but like i think a lot of people when they start out will sometimes try and like dive right in and yeah. do really like dark or edgy material okay mm. um and it is ultimately actually like very hard to do it well mm-hmm. and you have to know <clears throat> I'm I'm still figuring a lot of stuff out. It's like I have to know where to put it in a set, which room yeah. to put it in, yeah. what time of night, yes. depending on how. Because that hot rapist joke kills when people are like drunk. Yeah, when it's yeah, late at night. Up. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And when it's like when it's like dudes in the audience with some women. But I did it. I did it for a mic that was just women, yeah. and it completely tanked. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> because even yeah. though the joke is entirely about my personal experience, yeah. it's like the R word is too much. People don't want to hear it. It's interesting, yeah. So it's you really even, have to think yeah, about. Yeah, it. I think it's like an automatic response as well a lot of the time because they're like thinking about. It's not like they're personally offended by it. It's like the they feel the tension of the room and they're like, yeah. oh, I wonder how other oh. people will. And oh, so other it's like people a, it's will like judge a self-fulfilling. Me. Right. There thing. are some topics mm-hmm. there. I think because 
because there are so many uh, terrible comics that tell awful jokes <laughs> yeah. about shitty things. Yes. If you venture close to that and people don't personally know you. Yes. Or they don't know where it's going. They're going to assume you're one of them. Mm-hmm. And so everyone kind of like starts to bristle. Yeah. Like, like, I, like I've, I've, I've done that, that bit once where I've, I start with kind of using the word me too as the opener to the context yeah. of it. And you can see people like sit up in their chair. Oh. Like, what is he about to say? Yeah. Because I've seen so many dudes people be like. Fuck it. Botch it. Yeah. Just or not even it. like trying to make a kind of feminist joke. Just like making a joke that like, about women. Yeah. Like that's lame. And that's what it's, it's a sad state of affairs when that's what you expect at a comedy show. Ugh, yeah. And, and like, to be honest, like I haven't been around that many, but like when I hear like when I'm at an open mic or when I hear someone just making some like super lame joke about one, I'm like, dude, like yeah. just shut the fuck up. And, and interesting to note for me, I'm like, Oh, comedy is a microcosm of the real world, which, which I find very fascinating. Like, it's still, like, straight, white men. I was like, where's, like, this kind of person? I'm like, where are these people? What about this room? Have I, like, why haven't I gone to this kind of a show yet? Like, and I'm going to be out there more, so look out. Well, there are, like, (laughs) there are, thankfully, here in the city, there Mm -hmm. are so many amazing shows that are organized by queer people and organized by women that organize by people Mm -hmm. of color and everyone Mm -hmm. that crosses between Mm -hmm. all of those groups. And I think... Like I've only been here a year, but from what okay. I can gather, it's only really recently that that okay. stuff has really started to take cool. kind of pick up steam. Yeah. Um, and like I know for me, like when I started comedy, I I I was planning it for a long while, but I only really kind of started doing it in January. Wow. Yeah. Um, and when I started getting into it, I've been living in a nice bubble because all my friends here are queer. Yeah. And I had done for yeah. years. Yeah. And I hadn't had to hear the word faggot in a very long time, so I started yeah. doing comedy. Yeah. That's and that cool. was like a really kind of a really horrible wake up call. So I was like, oh, this is what the world is actually like. Right. And I think if like if you're a minority group, you kind of protect yourself and you surround yeah. yourself with people who get it mm-hmm. because you don't want to have to put up with that shit. No. And I've been at a lot of mics and shows also just because of the way I look like I look very different as a teenager than I do now. Okay, yeah. And I think a lot of that was kind of um, instinctive sort of you go into you you kind of like you learn to adapt to survive because you will just like attract shit from people if you look a certain way and a lot of comics will read me as a straight guy comic and they will say really gross shit in front of me assuming that I'm one of them because I haven't got up on stage yet and if you see my act that you fucking know but like they won't and so like I get to witness kind of men being their worst a lot of the time that is interesting like it must be interesting, like eye-opening, because because no one will ever say something like that to me, God yeah. forbid. But for your perspective, being like you're just like, like just the horror of that being so close to you that somebody thought that you were like that, yeah. or that somebody assumed because of how you look like or whatever, because they don't know anything. The mm-hmm. default response was something that was like something really ugly or hateful that came out of someone's mouth. That's yeah. what I'm assuming. I mean, it's- or like whatever. On the other hand, it is a privilege to be able to like of look course. the way I do and move around course. the world, and of like course. people because yeah. they don't assume this shit about me. Sometimes yeah. I don't have to deal with stuff sure. that other people do. That's true. If you read as a minority, yeah, that's so, true. Like, I I am aware that like I'm complaining about something that is not really a problem um, for a lot of people, but mm-hmm. also like yeah, it it is it is a weird insight into the yeah. male comic Ooh. mind. <sighs> I get the opposite because obviously I look like, very twinkish. So mm-hmm. what, I did what make do a joke get? earlier about yeah. Lewis looking like, but like he Prime. actually, I do like, a joke my hair was the same I do a joke about that. <laughs> you do a joke about it. I do a joke about that. Yeah, I do a yeah. joke about um, having a good time at Pride because they think I'm a twink, and then I thought you meant looking gets... about me. I was like, what? No, I guess <laughs> I've got a joke I about do a, you. Dan. I do a joke about Dan. Oh yeah, my Dan Udy bit. That's why I opened with. Like you know Dan Udy, right? No. Well, anyway, like he's this this guy. So. Um, yeah, just about like uh, having a great time at Pride because uh, they think I'm a twink, lots of free drugs, and then it gets awkward because you ever made a bear cry? <laughs> you ever you ever broke a bear's heart? <laughs> that doesn't feel nice. <laughs> that doesn't feel good at all. So I think it's just something about like just blowing him out of like social politeness, Pity. just being like, because you know how straight is anyone on cocaine? Pity blow. Not a pity blow, blow. Just a just a thanks for Friendly the blow. thanks for the bump. Hey, you know a trade. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm going to get into that chart. Oh, yeah, the chart. We got We've got a Virgo. He's a Virgo. So, I mean... You, you the rapper the... sign. This is the this rapper, is a rapper sign. sign. A rapper sign? There's a lot of rappers. All the rappers are Virgos. Skepta, Easy E, 
all the rappers <laughs> all of them but i mean this is this is great because i don't know that much about virgos the i always get like the worst stereotypes again not a professional astrologer just a party trick to make conversation but the virgo stereotype is like oh they're so uptight they're so ocd they're such a perfectionist like stick up the ass kind of like that's that's really the, yeah. the earth sign virgo like details attention Those to details spreadsheets you know like uh like spreadsheets quantifying everything oh yeah fuck spreadsheets yeah i mean that's the virgo vibe but like he's also got an aries moon so that's you behind closed doors you could be more hot-headed fiery indecisive like does he like me or does he not i'm not sure and like you you might have a hot temper but i mean because you have your sun sign is an earth sign and the moon sign is fire it it might negate each other but you know we have a true entertainer here because i'm seeing three signs in leo so your mercury this mercury mercury is the planet of communication so your communication style is you know expansive fiery it's in leo so like leo loves the spotlight leo loves the stage and like here you are doing this thing on stage like no surprise um the venus is also in leo um, and that's your romantic behavior. So it's like you can be very generous, very loyal. You love attention because Leo loves attention. So it's like me, 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 like mm-hmm. love me, watch me, pay attention to me, like lavish upon me your attention. That's like a Leo vibe. Um, and your Mars is in Virgo, which is interesting. The Mars is the god of war. So that's like aggression and okay. sexuality. But like how does an OCD sexuality go into like Virgo and Mars or aggression? Like what happens when a Virgo gets mad? Uh, well, I mean, I think like the... I, I did already know about the whole kind of like... Um, OCD organizational thing mm-hmm. because it really pained me to at one point it really pained me to agree with astrology because I was like oh fuck I am I'm so oh, OCD or like perfectionist like, yeah oh right? well, I mean so I like I, I came out after I finished a PhD oh, like I pushed myself to all of that and you yeah. had to be a total perfectionist to do that shit to yourself oh, um, yeah so PhD. yeah uh, that was that was an experience but like I'm, I'm really intrigued by so that every planet has mm-hmm. a every planet no has a sign works. Um, and you know, you're mostly, I looked here, mostly fire and earth. You have four signs that are fire signs and four earth signs. Um, right. Your sun is in Virgo and then your social planets or like a bunch of them are in Capricorn, which is kind of like CEO boss bitch, another earth sign working hard, workaholic, nose to the grindstone every day. Hard work pays off. Like I'm a Capricorn rising. And if you don't know me, that might, that might be like the energy you see. Okay. So it's like, I totally understand that. Like I have a daily like Kundalini meditation practice. I do it every single fucking day. Like no question because I know even though I'm tired, like I don't care how late it is. I'm still going to do it and it feels good. But I know that because I did it every day, like I'm not going to slip. It's devotion, but it's discipline. As you know, as us lazy, degenerate humans, like we would rather probably be in an opium den and not having to work. Yeah, Yeah. I'd love to be. We all would. Uh, like did you back opium the opium is great make opiates great again i do fentanyl shit purple Uh. it's brown town baby bring back the but if you're going to do it do responsibly it's the principles of harm reduction yes (laughs) um we do not endorse opiates we do not endorse opiates but if you are going to do opiates use clean works every time um this is so podcasting visual medium i'm currently looking at the laptop screen moon aries yeah Mercury. moon aries. i mean the, the all the stuff about kind of uh being contr- like being a workaholic or being yeah. controlling or having to do that is that like that is actually a part of my a part of myself that's incredibly dominant but also part that i have to uh try and learn to keep in check because previously my way my way of kind of um mm-hmm. staying afloat through grad school and also yeah. through like doing so much stuff is to be incredibly regimented and organized interesting like, especially because like if you're doing a phd you're yeah. just like writing a book by yourself yes. what was so your you have, phd in uh, my phd was in english okay. yes technically yeah um i was writing about uh aids media production mm-hmm. and activism and stuff mm-hmm. um and basically to do that kind of thing you just have to like organize your life sometimes yep. down to like the hour to Ooh. get that type of thing finished yes um and also to do a whole bunch of other stuff on the side like i was teaching and things yeah and since i came here last summer it's a that's a part of me that i've had to try and rein in uh-huh. um 
especially when I started doing comedy on the side of a full-time job. Yes. So as, as Liz mentioned, I work in an AIDS nonprofit, which is mm-hmm. an amazing job. Fucking love it. Um, but like doing comedy on the side in evenings is basically like a second job. Yeah. And then trying to fit everything else around it. My instinct is to like drop a giant like spreadsheet to-do list yeah. to like make sure I get all my chores uh-huh. done and like yes. I cook my meals and do everything. And actually like uh, I have kind of started to realize that like controlling things as a way of trying to fix it isn't necessarily a way to fix stuff okay Uh, my therapist made a very good point that like it's a um it's kind of another sort of trait where your brain is just trying to um protect you from something so like control is a mechanism that's trying to protect you so you're not going to fix stuff by like like I have really bad insomnia. So my first instinct is like, okay, mm-hmm. so I will like not do screens an hour before bed. I'll give up alcohol, give up yes. caffeine. I'll do all of that. And then yes. it's like, you do realize you're just kind of like, that's just obsessive control mm. as a means of fixing something. Sure. But it's like it, that control is still something that needs to be addressed. Interesting. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to get like in, in terms of uh, doing comedy stuff, especially with my other job, um, I'm trying to get better at uh, not pushing myself too hard in terms mm-hmm. of going to mics and things. Yeah. Um, trying to be like basically a bit more chill about sometimes like taking days off. I understand. It's hard. I could see how it's hard for you though because looking at the chart, it's like, you know, Dan has vir- two Virgo signs, like the sun and Mars. Mars is like, whatever. It doesn't matter where they are. Two vir- Virgos, which is like OCD perfectionist. And he's got like one, two, three, four, four signs in Capricorn, which are like the larger social planets and some like kind of like random like Lilith, the dark moon, like you as a criminal in your past life or your dark, the dark Wait, aspects what? of your sexuality. Lilith means criminal yes. what? Is that your demon? Lilith? Yeah, your demon sex drive. Yeah, Lilith, Lilith. was demon sex drive. the first wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, of, of Adam. Of Satan. Yeah, or Adam, Satan, like cast out of the garden. I don't know. You might know more about this than I do. Yeah, I, yeah. Tell me about Lilith. Uh, see, what what I know about Lilith is actually from the the Netflix Sabrina oh my God. show, <laughs> yes. which is such trash. But I just Love get sucked it. into terrible TV. Love it. Um, I think basically was Satan's okay. girlfriend, Bride, his, Bride, his like, yeah. hot girlfriend. He kind of fucked Boom. her over. Shit. I don't know what point Netflix just ran off with a story, but she's basically like <laughs> the most powerful demon woman. Hell yeah. And in like True Blood, I know it from True Blood. Like Lilith, oh, the original too. vampire. She was like this um, original blood covered vampire that would like like come up and like just like kill people and shit and take their power. I don't know, whatever. That's sick. Something like that. But also I want to mention that this is important. Your north node is in Capricorn. So that's kind of like your mature self or as you go through the journey of life, as you become... I don't know. I just like to say it's like as you spiritually ascend or as your soul matures, because I'm that kind of woman. That's the kind of shit that I say since with with all sincerity. I know it sounds so ridiculous. I love saying that kind of shit. I do love saying shit like that. I can't, I can't to help hear it. That sort of shit. So it's like as your soul ascends and you become mature and go through the journey of life, the lesson that you learn and how you mature is through dedication, hard work and responsibility. So I would say to you, like, don't shy away from like, like, yes, I could see how like depending on like like your neurobiology or like how things are like oh maybe this ocd shit like my hyper organizing my life is not good but you kind of can't escape it from my perspective if we're looking at like if i'm looking at his fucking planet stars rule everything for real like like he's legit actually got one two three four five six if you count all the the weird planets he's got like six signs in earth and in fact like two are in Virgo and four in Capricorn. So I don't blame you for working so hard. I don't blame you for trying to like schedule shit because that's that's an earth sign energy. We're getting into Virgo season on the 23rd. So get ready to feel that even more. Even me, because I'm sensitive or just a weird lady. I was like cleaning the house all day and I don't like doing that. But I was like, oh, like I was just getting organized and I'm not normally doing that. I don't I don't give a shit. Like I don't want to do that stuff, but I'm like compelled to do it. I also want to make an interesting point to whoever's listening in the room or, or out wherever. It's that just Adam, my friend Adam. He's he's our only listener. Oh, hey, Adam. Adam. All right. So like the Aquarius full moon just happened. We just had a full moon. Which means? Um, 
Well, it means like it's a culmination of something. You can let things go as we shift into a new moon period. The tides are changing and maybe you are changing. And Aquarius is an air sign. But I believe, and I could be wrong because I'm a dumb bitch who's not a professional astrologer. Like, um, I think it's conjunct Venus or something. Like, Venus is involved. The planet of Venus is involved somehow with the moon. And when that's the case, this is also a full moon of relationships. And to be honest, we were out last night at a comedy show and I saw a lot of couples just kind of being lovey-dovey or on date night. Again, it was a Thursday, but I did notice a lot of couples just like together or being together or being like in romantic in their vibes. I saw someone in uh, in shoppers phoning someone up and asking uh, if you want to hang out. Hey, like what like, time yeah, was dude, that? Get it? It was like <laughs> Aquarius season. Wait, Aquarius it was, it was moon. It's just a. It's a yeah. full moon conjunct Venus. I don't know. It's a full moon in Venus. It's, it's all about. So I could just blame being horny on a oh, full moon conjunct <sighs> Venus. Yeah, guys. yeah. yeah. So exactly. Leaking exactly. some sexual energy, but yeah. Can we get to some let's, cars? Yeah, let's, I broke. Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's give it a okay. break with all this um, all this okay. planet bullshit. Let's all right. get to the real. We have a headache. Entertainment. Okay, so I've got my psychedelic deck out. And I'm going to be your hands here, Dan. So, like, just let me know when I should stop shuffling. Just shuffling the cards. All right, stop. Okay, I stopped. And let me know where I should cut the deck. So, could be halfway, could be a third, whatever. Like, just let me know. I got to separate this into three separate piles for you. So, just let me know where I should do that. Uh, Like, one third down. A third from the top? Yeah. Okay, are we happy with this? Yeah, that looks fine. Should it go here to my left or to my right? To your left. To my left. And then which um, deck should I cut the larger stack or you let me know? Uh, smaller deck. Smaller deck. And how should I cut this? In half. In half. Does, is the Virgo happy? Is the Virgo Capricorn happy with this shit? <laughs> <laughs> should I drop it or pick <laughs> no, up? No, 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 it's fine. Some, fine. some people are very really? specific. Uh, I mean, like, so like, I have never obviously had oh, this done before yeah. because okay. I've been scared of getting possessed. So <laughs> Don't like, worry. I have no... Yeah, preference about okay. how it goes. So, and like, shall I put it here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Put and, it down. And actually, I want to mention that when you were coming in, Dan, that was my friend. I had done a seven, a whole seven card reading for my friend who is a very godly woman and a Christian. Oh. So, so that's really interesting because I didn't know your background. And in fact, she, she, she had actually said to me, she was like, oh, actually, you know, like she had gone to see her family. She was away. And she's like, she's like, she loves Jesus. She's like, Oh, Char, I, I have some decks. Like she she was the first person that allowed me to feel okay about kind of being in a Christian community as I was at the time. Yeah. And and being into crystals because when I first met her, she was like, Oh, how do you feel about this as a Christian? And like for me, like uh, like yeah, I have been baptized, but I, I don't I don't feel like it's appropriate for yeah. me to say that I am a Christian because I do a lot of different things that probably mm-hmm. people don't agree with. I'm in tune with other different like not spirits, but like other energies that like as a healer or as whatever the fuck I do, whatever, whatever it is I do here. Um, like it's not right for me to say that. So yeah. anyway, I was doing a reading for her. She was like, I'm scared. I have some decks. I don't know. Is this the devil? I'm like, don't worry. I'm like, she's like, it's a different energy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, don't worry. I'm going to keep it safe here. I'm like, don't worry about that. So like, don't worry about it. Cool. And how should I restack this pile? Uh, so are you just putting them back together? Yeah, the I got to put it back together. Okay, so put the old. biggest one mm-hmm. on the smaller one. So to your left. Over here? Yep. And yeah. then the other one on top. This one on top? Yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's Past, do present, it. and future for Dan. One, two, and three. Okay, let's see what's going on. Past. Ooh, I love it. So we've got the three of cups reversed. Can you please describe this card? This shit is <laughs> trippy. Okay, so we have... Three naked women with neon eyeballs for heads. Getting lit, it looks like. Uh, just raising some goblets and generally having a sick time. <laughs> in oil. Oil? Yeah, in like a hippie swamp situation. <laughs> this is fun. I like this deck. This is like my yeah, favorite. Yeah. It costs a lot, but it was worth every penny. Yeah, this is like a kind of... <laughs> like... New Mexico retiree yes. got into acid. <laughs> That's sick. I, yeah, yeah. That would be a nice future. Oh, I wish. It's pretty chill. All right. So we got three of cups. This is really like a friendship card. This okay. is about, you know, the suit of water, about emotions, about relationships. And, and the triangulation is really just like a friendship. It could be your parents or it could be two supportive friends. Or in fact, we also have triangulation here. There's three of us here on the pod chatting today. Um, what are you? What are you suggesting? 
I don't know. Like, what? What do you mean? Like, I'm down how do you guys feel? <laughs> how, no how one's, guys no one's that today? gay. <laughs> no one's that gay. Oh my goodness! The first time for everything. I, I am. I'm that gay. Um. Oh, I love it. Something has been brought to completion. Victory and success. <laughs> the act of falling in love, signified by the two of cups, may have resulted in a baby. Like, guys, are we going to make a baby? a baby? What? We're going to make a Russian roulette baby. What about you guys? Have you ever? Have it's you gonna ever? Be, it's going to be two thirds British. Have you ever been? Third, yeah. Have you ever been with a woman? Like, no. or, ooh, nice, like, dude, dude. You got to try it. It's, Ew, it's all right. Gross. I got heckled it's by someone right. actually last week. My um, because I have, I have. <laughs> it's like, what? You never fucked a badge? Ew. Do I spoil like all my pa- whatever people aren't yeah, gonna listen? Spoiler, yeah. So uh, I have a new bit. I'm working on about how I've decided to rebrand as an incel because <laughs> I'm super angry and I've never fucked a woman. Yes. Fuck yeah. I'm dead. And then I was asking, I was like, would I be nicer if I finally got some pussy? And this guy shout out. I was like, you should try it. I'm like, oh, Ew, dude, no. That is but, disgusting. But also I will say that like- He um, did exactly what I did just then. That's hilarious. Yeah, pretty much. I'm being heckled by my own podcast sound person. Um, it's called a producer, Dan. Sorry. I'm the producer. Producer Lewis. Fumbler of levels. <laughs> Heckler at, of guests. Look at her of red lights. Just making sure there aren't too many. I think we're not into being into red right now. We're good. Um... <laughs> Oh, what, wow. I had something to say. I've completely forgotten it. Incel. You're an incel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, heckler person. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, a lot of a lot of gay men will use, like, vaginas are gross jokes to yeah. mask misogyny. Yeah. Not even really to mask it, just as, like, an excuse for it. And, like, I think a lot of that is really fucked up. And, mm. and yeah, I don't, like, vaginas aren't gross. Without vaginas, there wouldn't be any gay boys around. It's true. And there would be no, like, people to give birth to your, like, gaybies. So, like, vaginas are great. I'm just not that into just them. just not into them. Yeah. We were discussing that your friend shot who, who is gay, who was born by a cesarean. So Gold you'd, star, you'd oh, never... Gold star, so, yeah, it's like oh, another yeah. word yeah. for that. <gasps> I'm is like, there it's a word like, for it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's one of those. Like, gold star, platinum certified, I know a lot. And it's like, mm. I'm like, oh, it's like Toy Story when the claw comes down and picks up the alien. You're like, oh, like you came up with glitter. You were like, fuck yeah, never a touched a pussy. A pink light shone down. Yeah. like, yeah. Barbara yeah. Streisand played in the background. <laughs> what you were saying about like, uh, like, gay misogyny is that mm. like a, is that like an issue? Yeah. Like, gay guys being misogynistic? Yeah, well, I think because basically, because gay men have spent Pretty much, unless you like had an amazing like teenage years, they might have been like bullied as kids. You basically like you just punched down. Mm. So like a lot of gay Mm. men are like, oh, who can I like? I feel shitty about what the world Mm. says to me about who I am. Who can I punch down at? I know women. Yeah, and so like a lot, uh, yeah, a lot of gay men are like hideous misogynists because I think they just take the fact that they don't quote need women to have yeah. sex yeah. means they can just like be shitty about them and use them as the butt of jokes um and some people think like dragon is, is misogynist i mm-hmm. don't personally but mm-hmm. i could certainly see why like a trans person might be uncomfortable with it because right. it's a very complicated issue yeah um and so Wait, i say drag yeah oh, so, right. yeah some, so some people think drag is misogynist and oh, I, I, I think i think you mm-hmm. probably can't really paint it with a broad brush but i yeah. think you could have like yeah performers could be misogynist sure um mm-hmm. but yeah they're like i mean gay men can be terrible of course. It's, they're basically only like one little thing away from being white men. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. well, I was uh, depending on, it's that, depending was actually, on like, that was actually like a very like. telling. Awful, it's kind of like, interesting. Though, it's, like, it's like being gay and having sex with guys is almost like aesthetically the most manly it thing. It is the you most manly thing. And like, it's like guys, guys who are straight, like want to have sex with nice, am I fucking, nice, am I like, in the mud? Nice, like smelling beautiful girls. And that's like, yeah. Does that make sense? Kinda, I guess. It is. Gays are just weird. <laughs> They're just like, and also like they can, they can, yeah, they can basically be as toxic as the worst because they can be like hideously racist. Yeah. Not just can be, but like generally mm. are. Um, yeah. Basically, if you're like uh, a white muscle gay, like great, you're at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. But like. They are shitty to gay people of color. They're shitty to people who are fat. They're shitty yeah. to like no rice, no spice, no yeah. Asians, no fats, no fats, no, no fans, no Asians. Like it's a it's a thing. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it it you you do ha- like I have to catch myself a lot of the time thinking about my uh-huh. own position because yeah. like amongst an LGBT group of people, I'm still basically like very near the top of people who have like access sure. to places and yeah. whose life is comparatively pretty chill. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like it's it's amazing it's like a part of my life and my community and my friends that like that makes my world a better place but also it like 
paradox i think for, like the, the the paradox of being part of that community is like a lot of people's anxiety comes from other gay men mm. but also other gay men can kind of like they're your support network so yeah. you're sort of like you surround yourself with with people who are also kind of the same type of person that also makes you really anxious yeah like but the thing is like there's a thing it's like okay well do you only hang out with white people or not like this is right like this is like i see a lot of like white women or like like because i know a lot of white women like they only really hang out with white women or like i don't know if i'm the only one that's not but like whatever i also have a lot of gay friends uh like asian or people of color not so much white that also have experienced that kind of discrimination that you're talking about and i'm not gonna lie about it i also totally understand like and i like i have a lot of gay friends that also have like tones of misogyny towards women and like like i'm not gonna talk about my position on that because probably i i'm a bit of a misogynist myself in a certain way like i don't even want to explain that that sounds horrible I'm like saying something this, very this complicated might, this about myself. This might sound myself, like an offensive question, but, but I'm going to stop oh, myself. But <laughs> here we go. Gay guys and lesbians. Yes. Are they ever friends? Yes. Okay. I but think. It, but like, I think, I think that this gives like they. Yes, they are. But this schism, I think, definitely comes from gay gay male misogyny. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I think just because of the, the 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 way that men are conditioned to treat women. Right. Um, basically lots of queer women will kind of notice that just because you're part of the same community doesn't mean men are treating you the same. They will still be shitty to women Mm -hmm. within a Mm -hmm. context of like everyone being LGB or T or Q Mm -hmm. or or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think it is like, I I think stereotypes about like gay men and lesbian women kind of socializing in different ways certainly come from somewhere, but also like gay men have a habit of like turning up to lesbian bars like the beaver Queen yep. West yep. and gradually turning it into right. a gay male bar. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, True. like there, there are like one of my close friends here. She's also British. She's a lesbian, and we were just talking about like what queer venues there are here for women. Yeah, and they just like mm. aren't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like traveling parties and stuff. But sure. like when pe- it's but when space. people say gay bar, yeah. The like the implication of that it's it's a bar for men. Yes, and often the implication of that is it's a bar for white guys. Mm. True. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 simultaneously like shitty and wonderful, but like isn't everything basically? You think that like um, that lesbians lack like a cultural output of sorts? Like until recently, because I think that like obviously like with like house music and that that was like a very like gay black thing in like New York, and they're they're always kind of like at the forefront of like especially like with electronic music. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like the kings of, they started it. And then like, I forget who stole it from them, but like, you know what I mean? There was straight like a people. thing. That, yeah, they like straight <laughs> the people. The Chainsmokers and Steve Aoki. EDM. I mean, like before, yeah, oh yeah. Lord. They like, they like no. stole that. Like, um, but like, do you think that, I've often thought this. I've never, I've not been able to think of any like, any like uh, lesbian cultural output that's been like significant. I really can't like think of L any. Word? Well, I do actually no, think that, like, like in like music oh, or music. like, like in comedy, in comedy, comedy. That is yeah. one of the few things that mm. I've that I've noticed, and it was yeah. and it was that thing, like with with Nanette, for example. That was one of the things where it's like, oh yeah, the Hatchety hasn't been this sort of thing before, and because I try to think of other examples of it, and there really isn't. Like you think about like, um, oh, I can't think, I can't remember her name. What, queer female comics. Yeah, is Joe? Well, like Margaret Cho, Margaret Wanda Cho. Sykes. Ellen. Is Wanda Sykes? I thought she was like... Wanda Sykes is queer, yeah, yeah. Oh, is she? Yeah, yeah. There's okay. actually been... There's like, there's, there's like some really amazing queer yeah. female comedians mm-hmm. and I think like... Comedy is like the, one of the only real outlets where you can kind of recognise that like yeah. cultural lineage, which I thought was interesting. And it has has been that way for, um, for a while, I think. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, there's, there's, there's a kind of a weird... Uh, a weird thing where f- from what I can tell from like the stuff that makes its way to big mainstream comedy outlets so things mm. like netflix mm-hmm. from what i can see there is more representation or at least uh more people who achieve kind of success mm. at that degree who are queer women than queer men i guess it goes back to that huh. question of like spaces as well because you need to have the space to actually like nurture these sorts of like scenes and nurture yeah, this kind sure. of like creative output so you know, it's not all just like small practical four by fours. There needs to be some space so they can actually like grow like a 
like a cultural kind mm. of base. Of and this is probably a great point to plug the fact that Toronto has an amazing like queer comedy scene that's mm -hmm. like formalized in this collective called Queer and Present Danger, which is like well mm. over 100 people. But there is amazing. a weekly open mic and book show that's so in cool. the village. There's like multiple other ones, like yeah. loads of people running their own queer shows. Like the scene here is thriving and it is great. Mm -hmm. And, and those it is, are well attended as well. Yeah. Like compared to a lot of other okay. comedy spaces, people turn out to those things cool. like they never bring at shows these okay. things because people yeah. participate in it and they come out to it and they show a lot of love for it because it's like important i guess again because it's like one of the few cultural outputs which they which exists which nice. is like that's kind of like the i guess this is like the lesbian age of the lesbian that's like culturally people mm -hmm. want to see this stuff yeah mm -hmm. people do want to see yeah. it and, and like watch a lot of comedy i enjoy watching like that sort of thing, like female comics, because it's interesting. It's like something different and you don't want to hear the same thing that you hear Surely you hear else. all the same shit. All the same Yeah, shit. and I have too. Like, so I, I want to go out to more like queer shows, female-led shows, because like, well, that is also my interest, right? Oh, is that right. astrology one we need to, we need to yeah. make an appearance yeah. at? So tell me about your experience of like, so comedy so far, when did you start going to shows? Like, <laughs> like a month ago? Okay. A month ago, not even. What's been your impression of, of the things you've seen? I was just like, oh my God, these unfuckable incels. Like, for real. I was Where like, did you take her, Lewis? Um, Are we allowed to stay on mic? We, we, <laughs> we won't mention the, the open mics that we've frequented, but we will mention some of the shows that were good. That we okay, yeah, to. yeah. But I guess you want to talk about the Yeah, the but like bad. Dan doesn't know this so, but we had gone to some open mics that like are known to be like just like having bad energy. And like, I'm... I'm an intuitive empath now. Like I sound yeah. like such a shithead when I say that, but I'm like, that's what fucking happened over eclipse season and planets and like my being in tune with myself and shit. So like I legit was like doubled over because it was so much negative energy. I was feeling backstabby competitive energy. I was feeling insolence from people like from hosts. I was feeling just like, and it turned me into like, you see how I am here in front of you. It turned me into like a cunty, like heckling bitch that was just super negative, like yelling at people. But again, the person who I was like fucking with was like a shithead who was saying some shitty things about women's sexuality or women's bodies. And uh, like I screamed, I was like, ah, he thought it was like, oh, someone likes it. And I was like, yes, there's a big man in front of me that I can hide behind. And I was like, no, I did not like it. Like I just like turned into like a total bitch. And I had to say a kundalini protection mantra to myself and literally like clutch crystals and hold them to my energy centers my chakras to protect me because i felt like shit yeah she was a fucking state. i'm not even joking <laughs> that was i it, i'm not lying it sounds no, so crazy but it. that fucking shit happened to me yeah like i That's what happened once i i've been in shows where mm -hmm. i have wanted to walk out and yeah. the only it's kind of shitty the only reason i haven't is because there's a lot of pressure on you when you're quote unquote green or you're uh, fresh yeah. to make an impression on everyone yes. keep your head down don't ask too many questions right. turn up on time to every show you're booked at Ugh. like network the right way yeah. be deferential to people because a lot of people uh will basically say that until you've done x amount of shows you've been doing it for x amount of time that's the, the that's a... that's the the measure of how good you are is just mm. how long you've been doing it i hate yeah. these these gatekeepers of comedy yeah. do you find that a lot of these like self-professed like safe space rooms are somewhat like i think they're somewhat cynical in their motivation like i think that like um when they profess to be like a certain thing or promoting LGBT, it's kind of from like a cynical point of view sometimes. Like I think that some people might use it as a bit of a ploy. Have you ever like found that or do you, have you ever? No, not like, really. No, it's kind of the opposite. I think maybe just maybe my perception of it is colored because I've, because I've like been to so many mics where yes. like I've wanted to leave, but my, like my mm. name is on the list and I'll mm -hmm. make a bad impression if I just like, I see skip out yeah. um or i've like gone and done shows where like the promoter has like treated me badly or said mm -hmm. shitty things in front of me but mm -hmm. i'm like i still got to do this show because like yeah. i want them to, to just book me or someone to book me yeah um i don't think i've seen anyone use kind of quote lgbt stuff cynically if anything like the ways that i've been able the places i've been able to get on stage mm -hmm. and really practice my material and then places where i'm not practicing it places where i'm actually booked and i know what i'm doing mm -hmm often have been the rooms or the shows that have that in the title or as a concept yeah. and it's just like I, the reason that they have that or at least a side effect of them having that is that there's less of this gatekeeping stuff mm. like the gatekeeping okay. that they do is yeah. like are you lgbt yes mm. and i know some straight comedians that have like 
got pissed about it and tried to be like, why are they excluding uh, me? And you're having to explain the uh, kind of thing. Yeah. So there's like the similar yeah. sort of argument as like reverse racism. Oh, God, like we're being excluded from the show. I'm like, no, you have every other show, yeah. like every mic you can go to where, whereas I have a list of some mics and shows that I won't go to because I don't want to see someone yeah. drop the word faggot in front of me. Yeah. Or I, I don't want to have to like tone down my act or change it yes. if someone before me says something horrible and there's only five people in the room. Yeah. Um, so it's been re- like, I, people shit all over the concept of quote unquote safe spaces because they see it as like a liberal snowflake thing. But mm-hmm. for me, it's just been great because it me it's those are the places where I've been able, like I feel like if I didn't have this kind of part of me, mm-hmm. A, my material would be very different, but like B, I don't think I would be able to progress uh, yep. the pace that I currently am progressing yeah. because I've been allowed to get on stage in so many places. Yeah. Mm. Because people have set up shows just for people like me yep. and just for people of color and just for women and just for everyone else that like yep. falls between them. And it's been like, that has been awesome. And and I, I could I could envisage how someone could cynically promote yeah, that. Yeah, well, it was, it was one incident where it. like, um, I have a, a comic friend who's disabled in quite three significant ways, and he wasn't given like a priority bump on the mic. It was it was specified that it was like just LGBT or women yeah. or people of color. And he has like Down syndrome and yeah, yeah. autism and something else fucked up. Like cerebral. He, he does a palsy. he does a bit about it, and he's funny as well. Like he's yeah, funny it. with it. But like that's kind of where my question comes from with that about like the cynicism of it. Like it seems okay. that like LGBT is a very convenient. Um, it's like an attractive thing to be behind. Like it's now it is anyway. Like now it's like a thing which some people might use as like a sort of um, as like a social ploy of sorts. But I don't know. I guess because like disability is like a very. It's not sexy. It's not like aesthetically. It's it it it's kind yeah. of like harder to. Um, to kind of like integrate that well, I, in a way. I will say, I don't think anyone really puts kind of bumps for women or LGBT folk in there to really be sexy because of the most of the promoters that I know that do it and that mm. run those shows are part of those that. groups themselves. Yeah, of mm. course. So I like, I haven't like, if I saw kind of, I don't know, gross incels running a queer show just to like get on like blog TO or something that would be <laughs> deeply cynical, but like, I haven't seen it. Yeah. But like what that does kind of respect is in the same way that white queer people can have blind spots about race. Uh-huh. Yeah. People can also have blind spots about yeah. disability. Mm. Um, gay people can have blind spots about trans people. Yeah. Like all of that can happen. And disability definitely is a thing that people will like people will, they'll reel off the list of like, okay, so we are racially inclusive. We're inclusive of queer people. We've got women. Great. That's it. Yeah. yeah okay and also and like i have i had seen these these recently like i have seen these types of discussions like come up amongst queer comedians that i mm-hmm. know also because not everyone who has a disability you can see yes it's mm. not always visible yeah and like i yeah. definitely think that what i have noticed that in a lot of um in a lot of show listings for queer shows they will, will put accessibility info in there yeah so mm. i think people basically will will have in mind like oh we need to make this show inclusive physically mm-hmm. so that's like, a good that's a good point actually i guess it is like a logistically quite a difficult thing to yeah like pin down like what is disability yeah and like how do you how do you ask someone do you want someone to identify because yeah. if it's right. like that someone... does open up a big that's kettle true. of uh yeah big can of worms there and even even i feel weird with like going to a mic that says bumps for lgbtq people to like put down my name and be like hi so i'm a gay right <laughs> yeah yeah you have to put a little like Honestly. sign yeah. against yeah. it like just put yeah. a little rainbow over it's my true. name like yeah. it, 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 it's i think like, we shouldn't always have to put the onus on people to to declare like yeah who yes. they That's are if they don't yes. necessarily feel comfortable with it yeah um but yeah like it is i think i think that people are trying mm-hmm. um to be inclusive as they possibly can but i think everybody has blind spots yeah it's true and it is like yeah it's a thing that people need to kind of i i feel like in the way that queer comedy is like kind of like having a wave yeah um and like comedy from a kind of ethnic minority experience yes is also like having a wave absolutely um from what i can see anyway i I feel like there there will be a point where these types of discussions about like disabled comedians Mm -hmm. Mm. like they, it must be happening. I mean, it's 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 on us. Non disabled. The wave has to, to has to happen for them. But I guess you have yeah. to be like specific. And the reason that again, coming back to like the the spaces for lesbians to like nurture culture, you need to make it like specific. Like I don't know if you've heard the album. It's like DJ Sparkles or something. 
it's like a house album and it starts oh. out where he talks about the origin of house and he's yeah. like house is not universal house is hyper specific yeah it's a very um specific demographic and it's a very specific location like lower east side manhattan and um i think that's kind of key as well like it has to have like an identity and it has to have like a focus and if you're curating an event or something it needs to have like uh parameters to make it like clear and also just to like make it um you know push it forward should we go back to the cars Let's do it. <laughs> yeah i got two of wands here okay it's so reverse. remind me this, this was this was the part that was the we past. did the past cut this one is this is the present, present. so okay. i have two of wands reverse why don't you take a look and describe I'll describe this it card. so we have a trippy rainbow background a a guy who used to have an eyeball for a head and doesn't anymore is holding at it, is holding it, looking at it, blood spurting from his neck. Alas, poor Yurik. <laughs> God, this is a mind fuck. Um, he's wearing a coat made out of oil that's dripping onto a pat- like a balcony that he's on. <laughs> Dan's getting confused and scared. Why yeah, do I don't want to know about my present if my present is just like ripping eyeballs it's, out of my skull. It's an ambiguous card. Okay. We have the two of wands and wands has to do with creativity. It has to do with Mm, the element of fire and it's kind of just like it suggests here that a second perhaps unexpected factor is entering into the situation at hand something for which your plans have not allowed so there's an element of surprise um sometimes this card could indicate a choice must be made which could be related to your work or a creative endeavor creative endeavor comedy hello and and exactly at any time like so many comics are getting a lot of wands because it's like that's like we're here on a comedy podcast yeah. and this is what we all do not me but you guys um and here in the reverse situation it could be it's just suggesting maybe there's a surprise or like something that you haven't planned for or expected to come into your life nonetheless you are affirming your new self-concept whether you have told others about it or not maybe you're working on some new material right maybe the comedy is my self-concept yes exactly so that's what i have there yeah there's a surprise of like element of surprise working on something it's ambiguous but let's look at the final card the future card and we got wands again we have eight of wands i like this take a look and describe this i I know this card well so if you imagine shooting stars but eyeballs with rainbow trails, this is what you get. It is shooting stars with, <laughs> with eyeball rainbow trails. This is mad. It's cool as fuck. And and the Eight of Wands actually is a card of rapid movement, action, and excitement. It could be like a new opportunity. It could be tra- like sudden travel, like a sudden change, which I find interesting following the card that you just pulled because mm-hmm. the Two of Wands reverse is sort of like, oh, what's going to happen? There's an element of surprise. And then boom, we have the Eight of Wands in your future, which just indicates like new stuff or like a big rapid change or something rapidly is coming towards you. Okay. Um, it says here, I think we got it reversed again. So it's just saying like the movement might be something you don't expect. The surprise might be something you don't expect or necessarily want. It could be stressful for, stressful or unpleasant. But it's just saying go with the flow, whatever it is. And with life, you know, we never know what's going to happen. If there's a bump in the road, it's just saying go with the flow. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but just kind of be prepared and just like flow with it instead of resisting, right? Of course, when you resist, it's it's not as great. Like so just like going with the flow no matter what life's turns twists and turns are giving you um as as a virgo and capricorn guy it's like you may be required to reprioritize your schedule to accommodate other people's needs or yours i don't know that's what it says i mean i'm constantly in the stage of like organizing like reprioritizing (laughs) my schedule because i don't really know what the fuck i'm doing at the moment (laughs) Um, but yeah interesting that's your that's your card that's my card no devil nothing no, bad i mean i it's feel fine my head hasn't spun round. there's been a projectile vomiting yeah no your mother sucks cocks in hell <laughs> um cool this is yeah. sick yeah that that's your reading do you have a big question for dan to cap this off hmm well i guess i'm looking who's your favorite spice girl oh yeah oh yeah. okay uh yes. so like i'm so you may not know from me being completely bald, uh, like I normally have red hair. As a kid, I was deeply attached to Jerry for obvious reasons. Um, I remember when she got breast cancer, not knowing what that was. And then like being at the dinner oh table gosh. with my parents, being like, what's breast cancer? What are breasts? <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck's going on? And then my sister had to be like, Jerry Halliwell's breast cancer. Um, 
Yeah, I w- when she left, I was distraught. My really? God. Yeah. How old were you? So I'm 1991, and yeah. she left in 97. Oh, eight? that's oh, that's a, that's a hard time. Yeah, that's a no. Hard, so that's like, I I got time. into Spice Girls when I was like six or seven, Aww. so I was deep into the shit. You were 911. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, it was Aww. traumatic. It was dark. I had like Spice Girl Barbies. I had like yes. Spice Girl little. They were like promo booklets. Oh wow! Watching Spice Girls the movie. I was obsessed yes. with this shit. Yeah. Oh, I love Spice Girls. Yes, my brother was really into them. I'm a little bit old for them, so I was just like, oh, okay. Like you know, I listened to the music. How but- old are you? Mm. How you? How much were you older than me? I was a teenager. Oh, a teenager. I was a when, teenager. Okay. Yeah, I was so like, I like in high school. So being it was a little just kid like, is the optimum yeah, age for yes, Spice Girls. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Lewis, did you have a favorite Spice Girl? Mm. Scary Spice. I don't. I didn't really have one because I was too old. Fair. Yeah, but I'm wearing baby Spice if outfit. Gonna, if I was gonna pick Scary Spice. Yeah, like. If I would pick today, I would say like baby spice because I think actually that look is like so good. I'm trying to wear that. I'm wearing that look today. Like that actually is such an iconic like look at the time. So like for, for fashion, for me, it's yeah. baby spice now. Although back then I was like, oh, she's so weak and insipid. I you guys ever watch uh, MTV Cribs? Yes. Yeah, is yeah, there a Spice a Girls bit. one? There is, yeah. Cool. But um, what was your favorite MTV Crib one? Because there's a Ooh. few iconic ones. Yeah, I read an article about this recently. It was listing a couple of them together. Um, Mariah Carey's one was nuts. That, that, was what, that was what I was thinking. She <sighs> does like four outfit changes. She gets naked in, with like a towel and gets in the bath. Yeah, it's just it's just peak Mariah. Amazing. It's just... And what I love about that is that it's this like insane palatial, like yeah. cracked out design house. But the fact that it's like in a in a building in New York it's like that's just an apartment yeah for real yeah uh, that, I mean it's like it's an entire floor of a building but it's just an apartment yeah which is your favourite Spice Girl now like middle age Posh, posh oh. now oh, oh Posh oh wait now yeah I still like Posh Posh Not and Mel B. The... I don't Not know Mel what B. happened to Mel C what happened to Mel, Mel C well Mel C was the only one that could ever sing yeah so Mel C's the only one at the recent tour that had her mic switched on oh really yeah. oh <laughs> yeah would I go for Jerry or Emma like now like i don't know because i'm i was like indifferent to them and i'm still kind of like i just really like the fashion and then like you know victoria got her fashion thing yep. and bex you know whatever so i don't know i don't think i have an answer i almost don't Stay count neutral. victoria because she's like too successful, successful and normal right. now. It's like she's like a regular so like she's she's not yeah she's still maintained a she's on an aging celebrity. pop star she's Absolutely. like successful in her own right i i mean so. melby's recent story is kind of like sad the husband and the husband and the abuse and stuff but also i mean like her going on piers morgan and just saying that she slept with jerry which is like clearly bullshit was great (laughs) she's kind of like messy in a perfect way oh man and also just been like chain smoking for like 20 years has like a really thick leeds accent oh boy yeah Yeah. Yeah. lb oh she's the best yeah you 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 red-headed devil ginger spf 100 people across the table for me you know more than sorry. that than i do no it's okay it's fine are we wrapping up yeah yeah am i wrapping up a podcast i'm time? a guest on <laughs> <laughs> he's done he's done bye guys i've had it <laughs> he's like i am done with this shit that would be that would be so cool if you just did that i just stormed out like yeah. ugh, are we done oh <laughs> fuck this <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm out. To cap off the cattiest episode we've ever had. There it goes. If you just put the mic against it just so we can hear it. There we go. Dan Yudi. Sha Pang. What do you want? Oh, the chimes are on.